this is Chris Westfall, and this is the Financial Executive Podcast. Whatever the future holds for the finance function, recession, supply chain disruptions, or management pivots, having the correct and latest financial information will be key to success. A large part of that battle to optimize financial information falls within an organization's digital transformation efforts. In this sponsored episode of the Financial Executive Podcast, we speak with Gina Ferguson, Senior Director of Customer Experience for Finance at Workday, about how she works to leverage financial information. All right, maybe we can start with a little bit about yourself and, and what's your role in developing and, and, and implementing Workday's customer experience. Sure. Um... My name is Gina Ferguson, and I've been at Workday for five years now. And I lead a team of 20 people in the finance department in our business finance, otherwise known as FPNA. And I support our customer experience organization. And our customer experience organization runs across a few groups. So that's our education business, our professional services business our Workday Success Plan business, and our CSM. So really looking after the finances for the groups that are on the front lines supporting our customers. And one of the key things my group does to enable that customer experience is that we are truly seen as our trusted advisors to our business partners. We help them financially make the decisions of where to invest their money so that they are spending and developing solutions and being out with with the customers in the right way and in the right places. One thing we always like to think about, you know, when I have this conversation is, is, well, let me put it this way. How, How do you measure success when it comes to customer experience? I mean, I'm sure it's a bit of a squishy question, but just in your own mind. Um, Really measuring customer success is the customer realizing the full value out of our systems and tools to their potential. Are they achieving their business outcomes? Are they leveraging our systems and our tools and the processes that our solutions are enabling them so that they're achieving their profitability goals, their enablement goals, their goals within their company for their employee satisfaction or their customer satisfaction. So in the sense, if the customers are achieving their desired outcomes, we've achieved our outcomes by by supporting them so really their success becomes our success in the end yeah that makes a lot of sense but let's back up a little bit maybe like a lot of our members fei members and and the listeners are very familiar with workday but maybe you could give a little perspective on how its services figure into a company's you know financial and digital transformation services sure absolutely so i think you know one of the things and especially you know in today's world and economy Really being able to scale and leverage your systems and your tools. So so having a backbone that that allows you to have your people spend time on analytics and less time gathering the data and crunching the numbers and spending the time looking at the outputs and then working on the changes that they can make to the business to adapt to where things are going. So really moving 
what work is like instead of gathering and, and you know using all the heavy excel and such and really moving into a place where things are digitized and you can transform and the conversations that you're having are about the changes that you need to make opposed to just trying to put your arms around the data itself. Yeah, that makes sense. How would you describe some of the ways the last several years of the pandemic have changed the way finance approaches these sort of issues and these sort of transformation projects? Are there, and and when you talk about that, maybe a little bit about are the differences between, because a lot of members come from various backgrounds, are there differences between public and the way public and private companies address it? Sure. Um, I would say certainly, I feel the, the role of finance has definitely changed over the, the past few years, and especially given the pandemic, we've had to be a lot more nimble and fluid. Um, we used to have, you know, specifically, you know, in the work that my team does, a plan that you made once a year and then you stuck to it and you measured against that. Well, that is just no longer relevant anymore. You're constantly having to look more forward then look back. And one of the things from a transformation and a digital, you know, digital perspective is really looking at a lot more scenario planning and what if planning. So not just looking backwards it during the pandemic trends, no longer uh, were relevant. You know, for example, your, your travel trends or other employee spending trends were not as relevant as they were in the past. So you had to do a lot more proactive. What if this happens? What if that happens? Looking at different demand levels or how do we service our customers in different geographies and really scenario planning and using our own tools to allow us to do that in a quick fashion. So speed is also, I feel really important. If, if we spend too much time trying to just figure out what we're going to do, we'll, we'll lose the window to act. So I feel that being able to have speed, to be nimble, to be fluid is really important. Now, are there differences between the way public and private companies address this issue or is it just the size of the company? I would actually say it's just the size yeah, of the company. Yeah. I don't know that I would think that public or, or, or private is any different. I think it's more of the size and, and making sure that you are looking at the right metrics that make sense to your company. You know, if you're, if you're a private company, maybe cash um, and cash flow is you know just as important as some of the more revenue and expense metrics. I still think across the board, most companies, the employees themselves and employee costs are still really critical. And that that's a key piece of a lot of what we do is understanding, you know, how many people we should hire and how fast we can grow, what areas maybe do we need to reallocate people. So I think those themes are true throughout, probably just maybe what the key KPIs might be just slightly different. But overall, I still think the scenario planning and looking at the key measurements still hold and the ability to be fluid and nimble is still relevant. Either way, how um, challenging would you describe it when it comes to? I, I know you're talking about scenario planning and analysis, and in a sense, like modeling, you know, future events. How? What, what are the challenges around like um, partnering with the business lines to get that sort of information you need in order to do the analysis? How, how is that going with finance teams? Yeah, 
Yes. I think that is, you know, one of the, you know, back to your question around, you know, change during the pandemic, you know, really, I feel, um, I'd almost call it as, you know, instead of reporting the news, really spending the time with the business partners asking what if, and I Mm -hmm. feel like we've had to come to the table and ask more probing questions and really try to draw out of them of where they think things are headed and come up with more creative ideas around, you know, maybe we need to make trade-offs between geographies or trade-offs between business lines um, and really probe them in a different way than we would have in the past where you can rely on a lot of historical, historical data. So I feel that, you know, during the pandemic and we've actually spent more time with Hmm. our our Hmm. business partners and actually have a deeper understanding of the business as a result when you know everything is growing you don't always look under every rock but when when things are are tougher you really start to peel back and the business relies on finance even more i feel during those times yeah i I would certainly agree i mean some of the stuff we're hearing is there's so many black swan events coming. It's tough to even think about what historically would, would make sense anymore. But I want to ask a little bit on the, more on the, um, the practical tech side. What are, what do you see as the biggest advances in finance and, and, and the process of continuous improvement over the past several years? Yes. Um, you know, I, I think that the differences I alluded to earlier, um, we think there's, of finance now as a trusted advisor and not just reporting the news that what happened and actually telling the story of what is happening, what might happen. And I think that's rooted in technology and scalability and leveraging the tools that we have. I think about, you know, before we would just have spreadsheets and reports. Now we can have things like dashboards that tell us here are the five key metrics that we're looking at, whether it's a revenue by region or costing or, you know, in, in this case for you know the business I support professional services, you know, utilization metrics or rates and different key indicators. And so I would say it's not just the traditional, you know, revenue cost margin things that we look at, we really look at a more full-scale business view at things. And we can do that because we have more technology to allow us to get to that in a quicker manner and in more of a summarized dashboarding format than trying to just wade through a lot of spreadsheets than we may have in the past. In a world that's always changing, one thing never does. Your need to adapt, your need to evolve, your need to grow. That's why we built Workday, a single finance, HR, and planning system that can change as your needs change and evolve as the world evolves. To learn how Workday is helping large and mid-sized organizations embrace the future with confidence, visit us at Workday.com. Workday for a changing world. Are you getting a lot of feedback from the users of the dashboard on their value? And, And what are they saying about that? Yes, very much so. 
they they definitely like it. It's a lot easier for our executive members to consume that type of information. It's clearer. It's a little bit more of a leading indicator. And then it allows the time, you know, you have an hour with your business partner, you're spending the time discussing the options on the table of how to rectify something or how to grow something further opposed to spending the majority of the time just discussing the number themselves. It also brings some clarity that people understand how the metrics are generated and you're not talking about, well, how is this number derived? Because everyone understands there's a standard set of reports that we look at and it just allows us to move faster to decision making. What are some of the challenges? I mean, there's so many different metrics you know, you can think of, and they're so dependent on the industry and, and the sector you're working in. How, how do you sort of get around that? And how do you think about that holistically? Yeah, I would, you know, I would, I would definitely say that it needs to be tailored to the industry. I, I do think that, you know, there's always some key ones that you bring forward around revenue, expense, headcount, and then really working with the business partner or your customer for that mm-hmm. matter, right? We we work with customers in lots of different industries and a big piece of the implementations that we do is defining what those metrics are that are key. Yeah. So really honing in with your customer to understand what's important to them so that you're serving up the information that is relevant for them to make a decision. So I think having those conversations about what is important is just as important as coming forward with a whole bunch of metrics. Right. Right. And you can get, I guess, overwhelmed with the data and the metrics as well. So, so, you know, obviously, you know, you're talking about scenario planning and, and different alternative views of the future. There's, there's a great deal of discussion going on right now regarding the possibility of an economic downturn this year. Um, how do you anticipate this will impact the finance suite's uh, approach to this and 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 their transformation and, and just the scenario planning that they're working on? Yes, I do think, um, I mentioned a little bit earlier, I think the concept of having this, you know, yearly plan is moving more towards a rolling type forecast outlook and making sure that you're understanding what the demand is um, more near term and long term, but adjusting as you go. Just because the plan might have been set up that way doesn't mean that that is the most important part of your analysis anymore. Understanding what you're forecasting over the next quarter or the next two quarters is becoming just as important and the ability to adjust and maybe reallocate resources to a different area where there isn't maybe as much of a downturn coming or an area that you see growth, right? Because even amongst a downturn, there's pockets uh, of places, right, where certain industries or companies are still thriving. So understanding that landscape and being able to help your business partners through, through data adjust to that. So it's not just overall planning, it's almost taking another click down into whether it's region or industry or segment in understanding where potential growth opportunities still may lie amongst the overall potential downturn. When you make that shift between almost like from a annual to almost like a real time forecasting 
monthly, quarterly, however way you want to slice it. Um, are there certain metrics um, or certain data points that become more important than others, just in particular to finance? Um, certainly hiring, mm. right? Certainly mm. understanding, you know, a lot of companies costs still, you know, especially in the tech sector are people costs. Right. So right. really understanding where your resources are and, you know, do you need to move them to a different place to support different, different areas, whether that's a different industry or a different region. So I fundamentally still think understanding your workforce and your workforce planning and the skill sets that people have that maybe, you know, we're, we're very relevant now, need to be deployed to another area. So I still feel in most cases, understanding the employee costs are, are really key to, to being successful. And that, that goes into my next question, and, uh, but in a different way. So, you know, our membership, you know, FEI has, has struggled a little bit. And this includes like many other different jobs or sectors of, of hiring qualified people. And there, this is especially, you know, true in accounting. I mean, there's a lot of discussion about the number of people going in accounting programs, the number coming out. Um, you know, certainly, although it's part of, you know, FP&A's goal to, you know, decrease managed costs, you still need qualified people to help implement and oversee the process. So how has this change in, um, you know, the qualified pool, the war for talent impacted you know, anybody implementing these sort of processes? Yeah, yeah, I I think I touched on a little bit. And what I said before, I think, you know, it's skill set, right? You know, we have more system help now that we can get a lot of our reports automated, but really still looking for a broader set of skills across the organization of who can come in and do, do the work that it is some of the softer skills that we've maybe not seen in the past around storytelling, around asking questions around business knowledge. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think we have to keep our mind a little bit open that it's not always just traditional um, mindset of of everybody with a traditional finance background or an accounting background. I I think to be a really good finance professional now, you really have to have that business knowledge as well and tying those two things together. So I think casting a wider net is is really important and then looking at different ways that that you can utilize people's skill sets that that are out there sort of a f- final wrap-up question and i just get a perspective on, on what, it, what it looks like going forward what do you think the biggest uh, issue is going to be the biggest i guess challenge for for fpna for you know transformation the, these sort of tools what do you think the biggest challenge is going to be in in the next year I would say that definitely, um, you know, continuing to use the technology, but still provide the analysis going forward. I think you alluded a little bit earlier, not getting caught too much with, you know, on a dashboard, you can have 50 metrics, right? It's almost like it's, 
it's so vast what you can do and really making sure that you can stay focused on what the outcomes are that you're trying to achieve so that you leverage the tools and you use the tools in such a way that drives you to that outcome that you stay focused on what you're trying to achieve by when and don't get too caught in all the different possibilities that you may have and then never actually move the ball forward. Um, so it's a combination of using all these great tools that are available to you, but still staying true and focused to what the business is trying to achieve and move it forward. Great. That's a great note to end on. I really want to thank you for your time. I really appreciate you take, discussing this. Great. Thank you so much. Really appreciate it.